I'm white, I'm upper middle class, and I have nothing to complain about. But I do anyway. Hi, I'm Mac the Milkman, and welcome to another episode of Through the Ringer, a show where an arrogant and pompous man discusses what things are annoying him. So, how have I been pulled through the ringer this week? Welcome to a segment I call Happiness Down the Drain. This segment is all about where I talk about showering and how things about it annoy me. And today we're talking about hair conditioner. Seinfeld made a note about it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I wanted to make note of that in case I tread against that. I've mentioned this before, but I take very long showers. Like I said last week, 30 minutes is the average shower time. So one of the things I'm doing in there is letting conditioner sink in. Now, there could be studies about this, but I do not know the exact length of time in which it takes for conditioner to set in. Hell, it could be one minute. But for all I know, it could be 20 minutes by the time I put it in. So, I put in a lot. More than I really should, frankly. But the thing is, it starts to get expensive. Conditioner's like $7 a bottle. If I'm using that once a week, that's like a lot of money. So, I use so much of it, but do I really need to use that much? I have bright red hair. Well, dark red hair. It depends on the lighting. But I have red hair. The thickest of the hairs. I can't remember where I saw it, but apparently redheads have twice as much hair. And that hair that they do have is much more dense. So I need a lot of conditioner. They say the great thing to have is about a pea-sized drop. Or a quarter-sized drop. Or a dime-sized drop. It changes all the time, so the measurement in and of itself is debatable. But I don't think that's enough. I squirt like like a palmful, like a decent-sized amount, like two silver dollars worth of conditioner in my hands, spread it around in my hair, lather it up, and then I put more in, even more, into my hair. And it's a lot. And by that point, it's damp, and I can slick it back. It's almost like I have hair drill in my hair. And that's how I feel like conditioner is supposed to be. Shampoo, on the other hand, I could use, like, a pea. A pea, I say, size amount of shampoo. Put it in there, and with a little bit of water, I have foam up the wazoo. I could drown in the amount of foam. I could feed an army. Size amount of a family with the amount of foam that comes from shampoo. I'm going to probably make waves with this statement. I'm probably going to cause some controversy amongst the civilization that I know as Graysonland. Shampoo with conditioner two-packs or two-in-one bottles are scams. They're scams. I could put as much shampoo in my hair as I do conditioner, and I would not get any slickness, shine, or smooth. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Conditioner in itself is its own separate thing. It's thicker. It's denser. It's a different feel. Shampoo has its own feel. Very soft. Very liquidy. Shampoo with conditioner compacts feels like shampoo. Mm-hmm. That's kind of wacky, don't you think? It should feel a little bit like the both. So, my guess, and again, I'm sorry to break it to you. It's a shampoo with maybe a dollop 
worth of conditioner. Because there's no possible way that it could do just the same. It's impossible. It's I can't conceive a universe in which we can have shampoo that gives the results of a conditioner. They're just two different things. They're they're similar in that they're both soaps that you put in your hair, but it's kind of like when people compare Marvel and DC. Sure, they're competitors, but they're both just comic publishers. That'd be like saying, oh man, Marvel? Yeah, I'm an Archie Comics guy. I'm a talkative guy. I like to speak, and my favorite person I have a talk with is another person. But for some bizarre reason, despite me loving to talk to people, nobody likes to talk to me. <laughs> Go figure. But no, um, people I want to have a conversation with. Like, I just want to talk with them. And you know what happens? I get nothing back. Now, let me just make something clear. A talk and a conversation are two different things. A talk is more or less kind of passive. You know, you're just like discussing maybe that might be a better term but conversations when you're both mutually invested in each other you're talking about something you both either lovingly hate or despise or just love it or just even love if you enjoy it and you just discuss it and how much you love it going back and forth talking about different things that's a conversation i love those but i never have them I'm a very cynical and sarcastic person by nature. It's just who I am. If you talk to me, chances are I'm going to have some sort of witty remark or have some, maybe a lot of times negative response. I mean, I do have a podcast which I talk about how bad things are, but that's besides the point. I love having a conversation because I could talk about something that I love. Take theater. I could talk at nauseum about theater, but I don't want to just talk to a blank wall. I want someone, when I talk to them, to them to give back to me tell me their own stories their own experiences that's a conversation a talk is like hey how's the weather bro yeah i like the weather it's pretty good uh, it's a bit chilly that's that who wants that no one wants that i want a conversation last night i had a talk with my friend about lego star wars the video game awesome it was incredible for about 10 minutes only 10 minutes, we were just sitting there, just going back and forth, discussing this thing that we both love. And we both agreed at the end of it, like, why don't we do this more often? And then I came to the idea that it really is hard to find something to discuss. Now think about it. When you have a conversation, it has to be about something you both mutually are interested in. And that doesn't always mean love, but you have to both have the same interests, fall into the same categories. And sure, you have friends are in the same vein of that, but they don't either know as much as you or just don't care as much as you. And if they do, they may have their own opinions. And, and while those are fun, debates are always entertaining. Mutual love or mutual hate <laughs> conversations are just something that I wish I could have more of. But I feel like nobody wants to do them. And I don't want to say like I haven't tried. I have tried on multiple occasions to strike up a conversation. To try to keep the ball rolling, talk about something I think someone might be interested in and see their thoughts and maybe get something that we could both mutually discuss. And they just turn me the hell down. I'll say, hey, did you see this wacky movie? No. <laughs> well, it's pretty crazy. Okay, I saw this movie. And I think, all right, 
here's my way in. I could sneak in there, bring it up, say, oh, I've seen that. So I go, well, I've seen that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I kind of like it. Very interesting. Come on. I'm thinking, come on, give me something. Give me something I can play off of, something, some angle I can shoot from. Well, have a good night. Damn it! He fooled me. He tricked me. Shoelaces. I despise them. Now, this is something that I think almost everyone can agree with. If you could live in a world in which you didn't have to tie your shoes, I think that would be a better world. Shoelaces that come in my shoes almost always rip. And anyone that I buy afterwards, they either don't look the same, have a slightly different shade, or they're just not the right length. I have these nice dress boots. I wear them all the time whenever I have a nice outfit to wear. And the lace is ripped. Well, damn. So I bought some new laces for them. They're, they're thicker, and they actually will probably withstand a lot longer than the old ones. But they don't look anything like the other ones, and they don't match the shoe at all. And I couldn't find a single one that matched. And that really sucked, because now these shoes, sure, they look great, but the laces, they kind of bring them down a bit. I'm permanently going to be stuck this way because I'm a dress shoe man. Laces are bound to stay with the dress shoe man. Sure, a penny loafer is nice, but it won't last day after day. I mean, I have to go to school. I have to go to work. I have to lay down in this bed and record this podcast. There's a lot of stuff I have to do that a penny loafer just won't suffice. So, I'm stuck with this as, as, as we stand right here. And... I gotta say, I feel like I have this bad luck with shoes in general. If I wear a shoe, chances are the backing is going to start to fall off, the fronts are going to be scraped, and the sides are going to be kind of mangled to bits. And I feel like that's not right. Now, I understand that dress shoes are meant to be worn on more festive occasions, but there's so many businessmen who wear dress shoes every day, and I highly doubt that they buy new ones every other month. That can't be the case. I refuse to believe it. That's utter nonsense. So I don't know where they're getting theirs from. And also I'd like to mention that when I was in second grade, I had Heelys. Now, this was the first time I ever had shoes that had laces. Now, my school eventually actually had to ban Heelys because people kept falling on the concrete or zooming down the hallways. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because after they banned Heelys, I went back to um, Velcro's. Because at, even at that time, I was like, what's the point? Why would I want to put up with having to use laces? It's just, it's an extra burden on me that could easily inconvenience me throughout the day. And I also want to bring up heels because I also remembered that we had these basically roll-around backpacks that had wheels and a hook, kind of like a little suitcase. And I don't understand why that was a trend. People still have them, but I feel like they were a lot more relevant back in like 2007 through 2010. That's when I was in early, early elementary school. I feel like that was a time period that I've, I, I feel is kind of wacky that, uh, I don't know. Looking back, there was a lot of weird things that happened back then. Before I go, I'd like to thank Quinn Haggerty and the whole Haggerty family. Uh, they're always being very supportive of me and always very kind. And I'd just like to thank him and all of them over there and... Hope they're doing all right during these trying times. Take care. And that's about all I have to say for this episode. And I wonder what will put me through the ringer next week. <laughs>